Stress is everywhere in medical training and beyond. Learn what you can do about it on this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. I'm so happy you're here. For my returning listeners, thank you so much for your support. For my new listeners, welcome, because today, like on every episode, I'm bringing you the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Today, I have Dr. Robin Tiger. Robin Tiger, MD, is on a mission to empower physicians with self-care tools backed by science and research. With physician burnout on the rise, Robin knows firsthand what it's like to love your job while also coping with stress, anxiety, overwhelm, imbalance, and even illness. She uniquely combines her 15 years in diagnostic radiology with a certification in yoga therapy, meditation, and life coaching in her innovative CME-accredited courses, private coaching, and podcasts that focus on complete physical, mental, and emotional well-being and resilience. She's deeply passionate about helping her colleagues relieve stress, elevate calm, and live their best lives. When she's not busy supporting her colleagues, Robin can be found enjoying her own self-care through hiking, paddleboarding, meditating, yoga, playing with her dog, husband, and kids in the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. Well, let's get Robin onto the show. Dr. Robin Tiger, welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. I am a very big fan of your podcast. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's so kind. Well, uh, for the listeners, I record a little bit about who you are, but uh, in your own words, could you tell us kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm a physician and a trauma-informed self-care coach, which means that my passion and my expertise is teaching others how to relieve the stress in their lives through evidence-based, simple tools that they can use whenever they need them. Well, that's that's great. I think uh, we certainly all have enough stress in our lives these days, um, not to mention uh, the rest of the world. But so, could you can you dive into that a little bit more? I mean, you said you you talk about evidence based methods. Um, you know, we hear about stress reduction and resilience and things like that all the time. But uh, what kind of methods do you utilize? So basically, I have, as the saying goes, made my mess my message. So many years ago, I was this very burned out doc. I didn't actually know what it was at the time, but I was experiencing, I was practicing radiology, two little kids, a husband and dog, a house. I was on lots of committees and boards and you name it. I said yes to it. And I had lots of illnesses, things that I sought out help for from colleagues, our colleagues, like, you know, had migraines and tinnitus and vertigo and Strange paresthesias would show up in my hands and feet and reflux and pain in my body and so on and so on, not sleeping, not eating, poor digestion. I mean, I was this interesting case, which as a doctor, you know, you don't ever want to be an interesting case. And I had lots of bad thoughts, dark thoughts, thoughts that were scary thoughts about not even wanting to be here. It got to be that bad because nobody knew what was the matter with me. And so to answer your question, um, after taking lots of medications and, of course, as a radiologist, getting imaging studies, which were negative and sought out mental health didn't help, um, I just decided that I had to figure it out for myself. And so this was about maybe a decade and a half ago, 
when I started hearing about things like yoga therapy and meditation, and I had thought that those things were really for those other people (laughs) because I'm a gym rat. But I also knew that I really hit the bottom and there was no way to go except up. And so I started to learn more about it and grabbed my neighbor who's a nurse one day and decided to take this 101 yoga class down the road at a nearby studio and said to her, well, if it's terrible, we'll just leave and we'll go get dinner. But actually the opposite happened. And just after one session, I completely did a 180. I felt calm. I felt balanced. I felt clear. And and I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that it was amazing and pointing me in the right direction. And so that was the beginning of me starting to look outside traditional medicine to see how I could feel better. And over time, all of those symptoms I described actually went away. And what I learned was that my diagnosis was chronic stress. It wasn't anything else. I didn't have a neurologic disease, which I really feared, the paresthesias, but it was chronic stress. And so I started to learn more about yoga. I learned there was this field called yoga therapy, which was a higher level of education, certain meditations, and I studied trauma and in particular stress and how we could work with our own bodies and our own minds to actually regulate our own nervous system. And that came from the medical literature. So that's where the evidence-based pieces came from. You know, all of this literature I never knew about, all of these research studies demonstrated that these tools from these disciplines were incredibly beneficial. Wow, that's that's an amazing story. I mean, I think uh, certainly plenty of people can can identify with that, um, you know, the stresses of, of medical training in and of itself, and then, uh, add on top of that, a global pandemic. And I think, uh, you certainly have, have the tools to, uh, to be able to combat that yourself. That's, that's pretty amazing. So what do you think, um, as far as, you know, the, in the early career, what do you think are some of the, the common stressors that, that people face and, um, what do you think people should do about them? So, You know, in retrospect, I don't think a lot of us, I know I didn't, really see it happening earlier on than when we are aware of it. And I really believe it begins even before medical school, even in college, all the stressors of, you know, having to get the amazing grades and needing to get great scores for us and your MCATs and, you know, getting into the medical school of your choice or any medical school for that matter. And that carries on into, you know, the first day of medical school, you're sitting in that orientation and you're looking around and you're thinking, wow, like, I'm not even sure if I should be here. Look at all these really smart people. I don't know if I have what it takes. And you start to doubt yourself that very first day. And that just continues all the stressors of, you know, having to learn all the information and am I good enough? And can I do it? And then the exhaustion and, and on so on and so on. And, you know, looking back and reading the literature and seeing that articles have been published on this very topic. In 2016, JAMA had an article and it said that 
one in four medical students are depressed or have depressive symptoms, and 11% have suicidal thoughts. And only 15% of affected students sought help. So that means we have 85% of medical students that are going along in this path to becoming a doctor, to becoming, you know, an attending, to practicing that didn't seek help early on. So I believe a lot of what we're experiencing now starts much earlier than we really appreciate. That's fair. I mean, if we don't know what's happening, though. Mm-hmm. Um, then how are we going, how do we combat it? Right. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I understand if you're, if you're in a dark place, but you're not seeking help, that's a subset, right? Mm-hmm. And the people that go and get help, that's a different subset. Mm-hmm. But what about the people that you're saying it starts early on, mm-hmm. but they don't even recognize it? What do we say mm-hmm. about that subset? What I say is that currently, you know, I coach a lot of physicians on how to relieve their burnout and their stress and their anxiety and everything that goes along with all of that. So that's really, you know, on one end of the spectrum of education is how can I help relieve suffering? But what I believe is that these tools on how to regulate your own nervous system, how to make yourself with what you have inside feel calm, feel balanced, feel grounded quickly and easily that education, that self-care education should be part of every medical student's intracurricular education. You know, we go to medical school, we have anatomy, physiology, you know, pharmacology, microbiology, all the things, right? But I think that self-care should be in there. And if we create that education piece early on, then that will carry through and, you know, decrease and flatten this horrible rising curve. Sure. I mean, I think that's a that's a wonderful goal. Um, but as the current in the current medical system, what do we uh, what do we do for for our young medical students and our trainees to help equip them with the tools to both recognize uh, the stressors that they're going through and uh, combat them? Well, we need to educate them. And, you know, I've been doing my best on my end. I've, I've even had pre-med students starting to reach out to me. So first it was you know, practicing physicians and then residents and interns and then med students. But now I actually have pre-med students reaching out to me saying, I'm taking a year off. Like I realize that I'm super stressed and I want to get into a really good place before I go to medical school because being a doctor is so important to me, but I don't want to be one of those doctors that gets burned out, doesn't make it, is unhappy. So what I can do right now is just educate, 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 you know, educate in any way I can. And I'm starting to reach out to deans of medical schools, um, you know, podcasting, writing articles, just getting the information out there in any way I can to teach, you know, these budding physicians, these, <laughs> these seedlings, as I like to call them, um, <laughs> you know, how to take care of themselves because they deserve that. And it's so easy. It's profound. <laughs> but we're just not taught how to work with what we've got. All right, I'll bite. So well, how do we get started? <laughs> Start by starting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just the fact that we learn so much anatomy and physiology, but we don't actually know that we can work with it. So understanding, for example, the physiology of your breath, understanding that your breath actually has four different functions in terms of how you feel. The way you breathe can calm you down. 
the way you breathe can wake you up. The way you breathe can cool you off. The way you breathe can heat you up. And it all has to do with the location of your breath in your body and which part of your breath, whether it's your inhale, your exhale, that you decide to lengthen and focus on. And so basic physiology teaches us, for example, that our inhale breath increases our heart rate. It's stimulating. And our exhale breath decreases our heart rate and is calming. And most of my clients want the calming. So I focus on different ways to breathe that lengthen exhale. And as we can lengthen our exhale, we can decrease our heart rate and feel calmer pretty quickly. The other thing is bringing the breath down into the belly. And that's because we want to increase vagal tone, which is part of that parasympathetic nervous system, which we want to turn on and initiate when we are feeling stressed. So teaching individuals to focus on lengthening their exhale breath and focus on bringing their breath down deeper into their body just from the physiology that we learn will help you feel calmer, help you feel more grounded and less anxious and stressed. So that's just one example, one way that we can work with real physiology in our body to help ourselves feel better. Breathe. Oh, I, you know, you see a lot of, of talk about breathing work, but I've never heard it explained so well. So yeah, that's a, that's a great one. And then I, uh, I'd imagine you're, you're pretty big into yoga and <laughs> therapeutic yoga, right? Um, so what about people that, that say, oh, you know, like that's, that's a common joke, right? That the administrators mm-hmm. want us to just do yoga and then we'll mm-hmm. forget about the real problems we have in the hospital. So, right. um, what, what do you teach in regards to yoga? There are a lot of podcasts out there, murder mysteries, breaking news. There's even a podcast about garden gnomes. But instead, you are here learning how to be the best physician you can be. Smart move. Do you know what else is a smart move? Working a locum tenens assignment with Comp Health. Now, I know what you're thinking. You already have a job, but that's the best part. You can work flexible locum assignments on the side for extra income, or you can work locums full-time too. And to top it all off, Locums almost always pays more on average. Just head to financialresidency.com slash comp health and see what locums can do for you financially. Right. Well, first of all, just to go back to what you said, the healthcare system is a mess. Totally 100%. So I can't fix that. I know there are lots of people that are trying to fix that. And I think it's amazing. And I hope that things that are not right get fixed. But the only thing that we individually can do is to work on being our healthiest versions of ourselves. So what I say is like being calm in the chaos, right? So chaos is happening and we can be really angry about it. And we can say, oh, we shouldn't have to do these things because it's that that problem over there. But I say, yeah, it's that problem over there. But how can we be healthy during that problem over there? Because chronic stress, as we know, is associated with lots of terrible things, lots of chronic diseases in our country, heart disease, stroke, diabetes, cancer decreasing our longevity down to the telomere level actually cuts our lifespan. So we can make ourselves feel better, even though all that stuff is going on over in the healthcare system. And yeah, yoga. I was one of those people. (laughs) I'm not doing that. I'd be on the treadmill running, you know, (laughs) working towards a race, looking at the people in the gym in that room down the hall thinking that they were twisting their bodies and turning themselves upside down into ways that as a radiologist, I didn't think they should be doing or could do. But that's not what I teach. So again, back to physiology. 
you know, back to understanding anatomy and kinesiology, understanding movement, I studied a specific type of movement called somatics. And it's actually the opposite of stretching. Stretching makes us feel better temporarily, right? Your hamstrings feel tight. You fold over, you touch your toes, you feel your hamstrings stretch, you stand up. What happens? Your hamstrings recontract. It's like a rubber band. And that's because stretching is a spinal cord reflex. So when you stretch a muscle, the stretch receptors send a signal to your spinal cord, says, hey, I stretched. Spinal cord says, okay, send a signal back to that muscle to recontract it. So I could tell you, Andrew, to touch your toes and stand up all day long. And each time you do that, you're going to feel your hamstring muscles stretch because that's the physiology of our muscles and stretching. But it doesn't increase the resting length of a tight hamstring, for example. You know that because you're going to feel it stretch each time you do it. Somatic movement is a very different way of movement. It's the opposite of stretching. And it works through what's called pendiculation or eccentric contraction. So you contract into a tight muscle and you slowly release it. And at the same time that you're contracting into a muscle and slowly releasing it, you're working on interoception, which is that sensing what's happening in your body, that first person experience. And that gets your brain involved. So a stretch is a spinal cord reflex. Your brain's not involved. You can be making your to-do list while you're stretching. When you work with your body through somatics, you're contracting into that tight muscle and you're focusing on the sensation as you contract and slowly release it that gets your brain involved, gets your corticospinal thalamic tracts involved. And it retrains your brain as to where your muscles are supposed to be in length. And over time, your muscle length increases and stays longer so you can be more comfortable in your body. And these can be a matter of minutes, these sequences. Doctors are super busy. I'm super busy. You're busy. So being able to create short sequences of movements to relieve tension, your neck, your back, your shoulders, your hips, for example, in this way is very, very effective and very, very doable. And it's not the traditional yoga class where you're expecting people to be <laughs> upside down and twisting their bodies and wearing weird clothes and <laughs> playing weird music and all that stuff. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. I, as someone who's never touched their toes in their life, um, <laughs> I probably should try some of that out. Um, but yeah. I used to fail those, you know, the flexibility tests. They'd be like, you're, you're, get out of here. You're terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not about actually touching your toes. It's okay if you never touch your toes. It's about actually feeling better when you try and touch your toes. <laughs> Fair enough. Then I will not try. <laughs> Not for me, um, yeah. but you know, but that's really interesting. You know, it's, it's certainly um, I think that a lot of people's perception is is that is the contortion, the contortionist mm -hmm. in in the class with the like you know weird music playing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so as far as so you feel more comfortable in your body and and thus uh, leading to more of a stress free mind. Is that is that the idea? As you get more in tune with kind of the rest of everything. Well, it is actually meditative when you, you know, the thing is you can't think and feel at the same time. We're just not wired that way. We're either thinking a thought or sensing a feeling in our body. So when you move in this way, 
you are actually allowing your very busy, cluttered thinking mind to relax, which then actually also relaxes your body. So it is meditative in that sense when you do move in this way. So yeah, your body's talking to your mind, your mind's talking to your body. It's actually a two-way street at all times. That's great. So, okay, let's let's give you an example. I um, let's say I just graduated from residency mm-hmm. and uh, got my first big boy, big girl job, and uh, you know, we're four months in, and I'm miserable, and mm-hmm. um, everything. You know, the the stress of work is too much. I I don't like my work. I think you know, all the external forces on me are, are just leading to some real fast track to burnout, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I just, I'm miserable. So where, where do you start? You know, I, and you said, okay, well that's Robin, that sounds great. Everything you're talking about, but I'm just in a terrible place right now. Where, where, how do I get started? Well, when people reach out to me, I usually meet with them first. You know, I do a free 30 minute stress relief strategy call because I really want to understand the person in front of me and what they're looking for. Um, and what I offer are several different ways to learn. Whether you want to take one of my programs, I now have a total of seven CME accredited programs. Um, One is called RX Inner Peace. That is really the mothership, which includes self-paced online pre-recorded videos of a lot of the things that we're talking about already and more. And then we meet weekly for group coaching and private sessions. For someone who wants to focus on one particular topic, I've deconstructed that program into, into six separate four-hour pre-recorded self-paced programs. Some are on meditation, some are on movement, some are on sleep, whatever someone's interested in. So it really depends on how you learn best and what you'd like to work on. Um, do you want some mindset work as well? Then we do the live coaching as well as the pre-recorded self-paced content. Do you just want to work by yourself and learn a particular tool? Then you can do a specific program. And then I work with people privately as well. So it depends on what someone's looking for and how best they learn. Fair enough. Do you think that the the stress in the that's kind of instilled in us throughout our training and beyond uh, is avoidable? Or do you think it's just or it could be mitigated. Yeah, I don't believe it's avoidable. We can't prevent things from coming our way. But what we can do is we can interrupt and regain control of how we feel about them. And that's the piece that we're never taught. We're just sitting with the stress and we're sitting with the stress and we're sitting with the stress, right? So the stress comes our way and we're okay. We recognize that stress, whether it's how you're breathing, whether it's how your body feels, whether it's how you're thinking, if you're not sleeping, if you're not eating right, if you're not digesting properly, and so on. How you're relating to other people. Do you wish you could take back words that you're saying? Are you reactive instead of responsive? So when you notice these things, you know, can you interrupt and regain control of what's going on so that you can be your healthiest self? You know, people say to me, you know, how long before I feel better? I said, right away, as soon as you start to learn. And This doesn't, you know, this isn't something that you sit into a yoga class for an hour. These are short, effective tools that become actually a lifestyle change. You are checking in with yourself all day long and bring yourself back to calm, to be grounded, 
to be in control and to redirect your focus all day long. So that's really, you know, how it goes. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, Robin, we're starting to run out of time here. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more about yourself. Um, besides everything you've shared so far, uh, what do you like to do for fun? Well, I live in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, and I love to hike. It's amazing here in the mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I love to paddleboard and I love to laugh a lot. (laughs) I have a very funny family and we have a new puppy that's hilarious. So as much laughter as possible. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. The dogs, the dogs, like my wife and I just laugh at them all the time. I mean, they're just, they're just so, they're silly, but, um, so, uh, do you have any book recommendations for the listeners? Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. For somatics, there it is be, a somatics it could be about book. anything, really. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> about anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like to read a lot, but for me, you know, I think that experiential learning is best. So, you know, you can read and read and read about the things I'm talking about, but until you actually do, Um, I think that it becomes really difficult, but what I do say is to read (laughs) because I think it's really, really wonderful to make sure you read. And I know that throughout my medical journey, instead of just reading medical books and just reading articles, it's, it's important to make sure you grab that other thing that interests you. And I wish I would have done more of that when I was younger. I agree. I think coming back to reading after residency really kind of brought me back to myself um, because I was such a big reader prior and then residency sucked it all out of me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And you know what? It's, and if, if you're too tired, then even get a book on tape, you know, listen, I say tape, (laughs) I'm showing my age, but you know, audacity or whatever it is, you know, like get, get any books that you can listen to if you, if you're too tired to read, but just fill your mind with things that, really, really support you, things that, that you enjoy, you know, anything from a topic that you want to learn about to getting lost in a, in something that's fiction, but to allow yourself that space to do that is really, really important and really healing. It's true. So what's your recommendation? (laughs) Read what you love. (laughs) I have so many different genres next to my bed. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, Byron Katie is great for mindset work. Um, I'm reading, you know, I have Thomas Hanna and Martha Peterson for somatics. Um, I'm certified in iRest, which is a specific type of med- meditation that was created for Walter Reed for our military. So anything by Richard Miller uh, regarding iRest is amazing. Um, and then, you know, I love to cook. So <laughs> I'm actually reading cookbooks all the time. You know, what, what healthy meals can I make? I'm vegan and gluten-free. Not that you have to be, but I'm always looking for, you know, new recipes and new ways to cook. So for me, it's, you know, picking genres that really support my interests and feed me and um, literally as well. <laughs> literally. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Robin, you've given us a lot to think about and a lot of actionable tips in this interview. But if you could distill everything down to just a single piece of advice for the early career physician, what what would that single piece of advice be? I would say be your best friend. 
be your best friend. You know, you ultimately are the one that's taking care of you. And it's wonderful to, you know, try and this person's going to help me. That person's going to help me. This is going to help me and so on. But the truth is it's really going to just come from you. And there's only one you. There's never been a you before. There's never going to be you after you. So just be your best friend and take care of yourself. That's great. I love that. So uh, people want to hear more about you or uh, are interested in any of your programs. Where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me on my website at stressfreemd.net. If they're interested in signing up for a free stress relief strategy call, I'd be happy to chat with them. The link is on that website. They can listen to my podcast. The Stress Free MD podcast is a podcast that's newer at this time of this recording. And it was influenced by so many people saying, everyone needs to know what you know. So I created these stress-free snacks, these short pieces of information so that you can easily learn something new when you listen and implement it into your life. The programs I mentioned are X Inner Peace and the other programs are in the self-care shop that's on my website as well. And I'm all over social media. So whatever your favorite platform is, Instagram, Stress-Free MD, LinkedIn, Robin Tiger MD, Facebook, Stress-Free MD. You can find me in any of those locations. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and, and giving us a little snippet of uh, all you have to offer. Uh, I learned a lot and I thought it was really, really great talking with you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much. It's been an honor being here. Oh, of course. All right. Take care now. You too. What a fantastic episode with Dr. Robin Tiger. I really enjoyed all the different tools she utilizes to help with the stress we will inevitably face throughout our training and beyond. That's all we have for today. If you like listening to this episode, or maybe if you didn't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me an honest rating and review. It really helps get the show out there. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is go to my website at andrewtisserdo.com where you can find all the resources that I offer when it comes to career strategy, career design, and all my podcasts. That's all. Keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.